Welcome back, perfect peeps, to Perfect.dev. Today we are talking about delivering digital content with Graph CMS. And we have a special guest with us. Welcome, Scott Spence. Welcome, Scott. How's it going? What are you doing over there? All good, yeah. The, the sun is out after a month of not being out. So oh. um, everyone in the UK is now wearing shorts, flip-flops, and uh, T-shirts oh. and getting burnt. <laughs> it's nice only for like, the next two days, and then yeah. it'll go as is oh. British weather. <laughs> a lot of rain over there, I guess. <laughs> we, we went from like 80 degrees down to like 30 again. It's, it's been all over the place. It's yeah. not. It's crazy here. So Scott is a developer advocate at Graph CMS based in Kent, UK. He has over 10 years of previous experience working for large corporate corporate organizations in the finance and insurance sector as a VBA developer. His second career dev started out as a web developer in 2018. He worked in government digital transformation. And then on the side, he loves working with Svelte and I don't know, it, we, in our description we put enjoys, but then crossed out, and it says <laughs> goes running, which is pretty much where I'm at, so that's pretty yeah. sweet. And uh, listening to Drum and Bass on <laughs> Yeah, I, I got it in there, right? Yeah, you did. You got <laughs> we were here before the show, Bass, Bass. It's, it's that's going to come up a bit later, too. We're going to get more Bass. <laughs> So Scott, anything anything else to add in there that I'm totally missing out on? Brilliant. Uh, no, you've 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 uh, nailed it there, Alex. There's there is a lot. I'm not sure that. Um, yeah, I, I need to get like a, a good bio. Um, that's not my life story in uh, in a couple of paragraphs. So no, you, you got it all there. <laughs> so are you a self taught dev then? Since you're a second career dev? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, um, awesome. So yeah, I started about. 2016 got into the whole uh, 100 days of code movement and uh yeah i've been pretty much it ever since <laughs> that's awesome that's really great so um a little bit more about your background in like vba and government work if you can if you can even talk about it was that sure. traditionally like you were doing kind of like desktop based work or was it still web what did that look like uh so for the um, the VBA stuff, it was pretty much like my first proper job where um, uh, I was lucky enough to just get in to be like a filing clerk, I think you call it. I was like an admin assistant. Okay. And uh, I was just helping around in like a finance department of a bank. And um, I started helping out with uh, putting together the management information reports um, and got a lot more comfortable with using Excel making it do things and then into VBA. Um, and yeah, I mean, forward on 10 years, I sort of made, <laughs> made a career out of it. So I, I, I always, uh, when I first discovered that, I was like, wow, you can make it do things, which is pretty neat. And it's just the same with, with, with WebDev. So just working so, with spreadsheets and things of that yeah. sort? Yeah. So yeah, it was just put, it, it was either a way to um, like um, display some content, which would come in like a CSV, uh, to a certain endpoint, or it would be to, to show stats. Um, so there's a lot of like pivot, you know, pivot tables and um, mm -hmm. like lots of graphing stuff. And, um, I mean, v VBA was still is super powerful. I think it's this. This like some stats saying it's still the most popular um, programming language there is because everyone's doing it. Uh, everyone's like using a macro for for something or other in, in Excel. So um, it's it's really cool and uh if it, if it wasn't for that i probably wouldn't be doing what i'm doing today oh, so um yeah um that was well, so sorry, you, you talked a minute about the the 100 days of code that's kind of what started to draw you in more to like the front end side or javascript in general so um i um i, I was sort of uh, like a contractor towards the end of well through 2016 and um uh I mean, it wasn't that the work was drying up, but I did notice a lot of it was moving off to the browser. Uh, Office 365 is all in the browser now. So um, I, I thought um, it, it's not going to be like that for much longer. I mean, it's been 10 years and it's it still pretty much is, but um, I could tell you horror stories about um, 
lots you know lots of banks lots of financial institutions just all run off of excel and um i'm pretty sure it's still that way but um there was um yeah there was always a lot of movement from it going to, to the browser so i thought i need to reskill and get into the area and um uh, you know when i first started doing it there was uh, i thought python um because that was like a, a very very sort of data sort of driven sort of language mm -hmm. and lots of people automate stuff with python and there was automate the boring stuff um with python and i think they hooked into excel directly and you could do lots of automations with that mm -hmm. and um i think i got into the um uh like the the, the creating website side of it with i think it was django or flask yeah. and um it had this crazy sort of a folder structure with every, everything. It was really like crazy nested folder structures. Yeah. And um, it, I, I found it really difficult to sort of get my head around. And this was sort of me still trying to find my way. And then um, I read something from Quincy Larson. And yeah. uh, it was just, I think it was just bet on JavaScript. Yeah. Um, and it, it, it quite goes into detail about JavaScript is everywhere. And it's, you know, a, a skill you should have. So I thought, right, okay, just 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 go down that route, and uh, um, did did loads of things with Free Code Camp. Uh, if you look at my CV or my LinkedIn, it still shows me as a um, uh, as I'm still studying there because I never actually finished the uh, the full curriculum. Um, <laughs> Those things are, but it's great. It is, yeah, and there's the, the they've added a load more to the, to the curriculum now as well. Yeah. So. It's. Um, I'd, I'd recommend that to anyone getting into web development. It's just free code camp, and it covers just such a wide variety of uh, things now that you you can't go wrong with uh, with picking that. I'd say. Um, and yeah, the hundred days of code thing was just um, something to help you um, uh, just code every day. And at, at the time, the uh, hundred days of code hashtag on Twitter was wasn't filled up with ads and spam <laughs> and uh, it was it was a good place and uh, lots of people help it well, it still is uh, but you really have to sort of dig through it to, to not bump into um, people spamming stuff on there basically um so that was you know i wouldn't say it was life-changing but um there was it, it did help me a lot with um studying um and that was that was tough as well doing a full-time job so i'd be we're doing like the hustle culture thing, getting up at silly o'clock just so I could get in the the couple of hours um, practice I'd need in the morning. Um, because I've got a family, I wasn't really doing it at night time. So it was just any sort of spare bit of time I could get to, to, to study it really. So I would definitely recommend that to, to anyone. I feel um, like Dev Twitter is really supportive if you put yourself out there and Overall, yeah. there is some badness, but overall, it's really good. So to kind of steer us back to our topic on hand, which is Graph CMS. So you did that for a couple of years. So now you're with Graph CMS. Can you explain yes. a little bit about what Graph CMS is, what it does? Yep. It okay. So um, Graph CMS is um, like structured content for, um, for for any any anything which can display data. So not just for websites, uh, mobile apps, anything which can consume an API, then you can use Graph CMS for um, your your backend, as it were. Um, it's um, It gives you like a GraphQL endpoint, so you can make any queries you want to that endpoint, regardless of the, the size of the query. But obviously, you know, there's there's going to be sort of performance implications depending on, you know, what you know how how you're using it. But it's a really cool abstraction on top of uh, GraphQL, where you have your Graph CMS uh, account where you can build out your schema, your content types for your um, uh, all all of your data. Um, it's got a really good builder on there, so um, it's you can have um, Markdown fields, rich text, uh, all, all the sort of um, things you'd get from a, a modern day CMS. I was going to ask, do you have full control over your schema and what kind of data types you're using? Uh, if you if you can define it with the UI, there's also a management SDK as well, so you can do it programmatically. So if you let's say have um, like your production stage, you can copy 
that stage and start working on a new feature, let's say, and um, you can merge it back in. But um, for uh, like data migrations to, to that, I don't know great deal about that. I'm going to have to find out about that. But you can sort of um, uh, create all of your uh, your your schema with the management SDK as well. So it's it's, it's pretty flexible in that regard. Okay. I, I noticed when like walking through the template, and I'll I think I can bring it up here real quick. Let me let me share my screen for for those who are watching on video. Um, maybe. While he's getting that pulled up, I heard you say GraphQL, so it's called Graph CMS. Is it just GraphQL or GraphQL? Yes. Yep. So, um, yeah, it's. uh, I mean, some services allow you to have either REST API or a GraphQL API. This is purely just um, you make your your concept model with your schema, um, and then that is then generated and available to you as as a GraphQL endpoint. Okay. You may or may not know this, um, but when you go in, let me see, where's the create the CMS side of this? There is a way to do this. Let me, sure, let's select a plan. I was trying to get back to the point where there's templates and I can't remember where it's at. Uh, so just go to the G on the top corner there. Okay. There there you, you can create a new template here, yeah. So something that I noticed, so they have these cool templates out here. Um, and so all of this is hosted as like kind of, so it's a headless CMS, of course, graph, graph CMSs. Um, but the neat part is you can also, when you're creating those, there's different regions. I was yeah. kind of curious if you happen to know, like if this is on a backbone like GW, um, GCP or AWS and what that it's, like. it's AWS. The all the uh, infrastructure is on AWS. Yeah. So, right. um, are are you able to um, like once you pick like if I for some reason I'm in US East and we get clients over in Asia, are you able to move your content once it's up there over there? That is a good question, and I don't know the answer to that. Okay. So, uh, maybe it's great to your yeah. sorry. Maybe let's go to your uh, your first blog template there, um, and then go to the settings. So that's uh, one, two, three, uh, bottom left hand corner here. Get your settings there, and in I'm guessing uh, locales. No, that's for uh, languages. So you can set different locales, um, endpoints. I'm not sure. I'll get back to you on that, Alex. That's a good yeah, question. No I just um, I saw it pop in, and I was like, "That's kind of interesting." I, and we can we can dive into this further since uh, there's there's a CDN built in, correct? Yes. So theoretically, even though you have like a base location, that CDN should deliver it around the globe, um, cached to the the edge, anyways. Yes, theoretically. <laughs> That's supposed to work. So yeah, I, I, as we're as we're kind of talking through this, I can show a little bit of it off too. Um, so I, I know that, <laughs> and if you want to do the the bass thing at this point, it's back as a service. As a service. I, yeah, I mean, I, I someone coined it uh, the other day, and I just thought, okay, it is. It's pretty much just a backend as a service, yeah. which is what this is. Um, so, I mean, from this panel here, this is like the first screen you are met with as a new user. You can either create a new uh, project from scratch here, or you can you can use one of the templates we've already uh, put together, and these come populated with uh, content. So you can get, uh, if you look, notice under the name there, there's a little check for include template content. We just leave that checked. It leaves the, uh, it's just some Laurel and content. This is just so you can get up and running as, as, as fast as possible. So once you've done that with, um, I think that's the blog starter template, you can then start um, amending the schema yourself um, with, um, once you pitch your plan, so uh, just just before we go into this, um, what you said about changing your uh, like your CDN regions, um, if you're like an enterprise client, um, and, and the same goes with um, what infrastructure you use as well, you, you can work with the graph 
crossing as team to um you know use, use your own infrastructure um along with oh, graph cms um but i think that's in the uh, the enterprise pricing tier so you can have your own hosted version of this so if if you yes. do if you are like government or, or something that you have those requirements you can host on prem then as yeah. we're waiting on this to prepare the project, I saw a lot of different things there as far as blog, e-commerce and stuff. So who is GraphCMS really geared towards? Is it more of an enterprise or just like a regular developer by themselves? Or? Uh, at, the, at the moment, um, there, there's a lot of enterprise customers. Uh, I think you'll see them on the, uh, the, the, the GraphCMS page. But um, this is why I'm here as well. We're, we're trying to... Um, uh, get the um I wouldn't say adoption just just make sure everyone knows it's around um i've known of graph cms for since 2018 and um it's one of the first youtube videos i put up onto youtube um, and i was super impressed with um the you could just you know query a graphical endpoint get data into your blog and um at, at the time i thought it was it was great and that was um what two and a half years ago now i guess and um it's they, they've added a lot more features now than than there was then um but it's um it it's just your endpoint you can go grab whatever you need you can also send mutations now as well so um there's um you could put together uh, like a, a sample application where you want to uh, submit something that would you could use the GraphQL mutation, uh, add your own uh, API access key, and then from your front end in Next.js, Gatsby, Svelte, um, push that off, and then that will go into uh, like a draft stage on the CMS um, for like a content editor to review and, and approve. Had <laughs> Steve Carell there on the front page and a little description about him one of america's most versatile comics <laughs> i think he uh my wife was listening to the uh the lady what are they called it's the lady something podcast for uh the office and they're always shocked he never won a, a emmy or anything oh, wow i'm surprised yeah. it's kind of crazy uh sorry side note <laughs> i tracked <laughs> Um, so yeah, as we're kind of looking at this, I, I can do nothing but compare to like uh, sanity.io. Um, so one of the, the interesting things, like we're still talking about structured content, of course. So things are linking together um, the, the same way Sanity does. But though the one difference I think out of the gate is that Sanity offers kind of their own studio solution where you can extend it. Yeah, using it's hosted, yeah. Um, so, is, is that something that you can start to do in this side, or uh, I think it's on the feature roadmap, uh, but nothing uh, as of yet. This is um, so with with this um, in, in state, your you can have like roles and permissions for uh, individual users. So, if I was just like a contestant, let's say um, over on the left here. Um, I'd have a lot less options. I wouldn't be able to access the uh, the like the GraphQL API. I'd, I'd just be looking at the uh, the content and be able to edit and, and amend the stuff in there. So we've got the the schema um, over here on the on the left. Yeah, the next one down it'd be like the content editor view. So you can have um, a uh, and then down on the left you've got all the different content types. So you've got your uh, author, pages, posts, uh, and whatnot there. So um, with that, you, you could put all of this um, into your own front end, but um, I think it'd be a, a, a lot of work to, you know, if, if you're just displaying stuff and saving it, then that's absolutely possible like this. But um, it, it's not your own studio which you would edit like you do with Sanity. Sure. Um, um, yeah. So I, I, I think, think you, as well. Um, sorry, Alex. You, you hit on one major thing. I'm kind of curious about um, the different role setups and kind of the, the pricing around that, because the, the biggest struggle that I always have in Sanity is you get three users and it's not necessarily like 
tied role-wise to like the editing experience. Can you talk a little bit about like if Brittany and I are, are working on a website and we want to deliver it to a client and that client has, you know, their, their backend person who's, who's doing content and stuff like that, but we don't necessarily want them messing with the schema. Um, so we can set them up as a different role entity at that point. And they would come in here and actually edit the, the content side of it. And then it would update our Next.js or our Gatsby site or whatever we use on the front. Yes. Yeah. So uh, you can use webhooks so to uh, trigger a deploy or a rebuild on publish. Um, with regards to the actual uh, like granular um, permissions on each role, mm -hmm. um, I haven't got into that a great deal myself, but I know it is uh, an option. Um, so that's quite cool. And there's there's also a couple of uh, features um, which are in the pipeline but aren't being released yet relating to uh, content-based permissions as well. Okay, cool. And then as far as the the asset side, so a lot of, a lot of again, Sanity, a lot of the back-end um, CMSs out there. Um, Agility, I think, also has this. Uh, when you when you load up assets um, similar to like a Cloudinary, where you can start to change um, the different photos and things like that, do you know if that's a capability where I can say don't deliver this as the PNG, deliver it as a uh, WebP yep. or something like that? So uh, I'm I'm pretty sure you can do that with the uh, the GraphQL uh, endpoint, and you can okay. specify in there what you want. Um, from from that level, um, it is its own um, uh, CDN for uh, for images. You could use Cloudnay for uh, additional stuff as well on top of that, which um, GraphCMS doesn't support, like uh, videos and like GIFs. Let's say um, so. There is the option as well to, to to use that as part of it. Does do you have to pick which one you want to serve, or does it choose for you? Which is best? Um, I'm just about to do a video on using uh, Gatsby image with it, so I'll probably find out then. Uh, and I don't know now. I, I, I'm going to presume if, if you're using something like Gatsby or Next Image, then that will help you. Um, but um, I, I don't know at the moment. <laughs> yeah, no worries. It's, it seems like um, as headless CMSs go, there's there's a lot of solutions out there. Is there anything specific to the graph CMS like flow or technology base that's that's any different or gives it kind of an edge on these other headless CMSs? Um, well, I would say um, the the speed at which you can get started with, you, you don't need to set up your your uh, like a graph CMS, uh, a GraphQL server or a database, that's all handled for you. So that's all extracted away as the backend as a service. Um, and you can use GraphQL um, as soon as you can, as soon as you sort of publish your schema, make it public, then you can start um, using the endpoint uh, any which way you like. So that's pretty flexible. Um, there's uh, like also like filtering um, and um, like search filtering for your uh, front end. So you can do that with the, the API too. It's really useful. Sorry, If you know you want uh, GraphQL out of the get-go, it's probably one of the best choices because it's kind of like GraphQL is a first-class citizen there. It's it is, absolutely, like, yeah. Yeah, so I feel like that's a really good choice. Where would you send someone if they want to start learning Graph CMS? What are some of the options for that? So for Graph CMS, um, we've got the the blog, and we've got a lot of resources on getting started. Mm -hmm. um, I've just done one with getting started with SvelteKit, uh, so you can spin up a blog quite quickly using that. Um, as, as long as you've got somewhere which you can display uh, your data from an API, then you, you can get going. Is that on the quickly, Graph CMS blog? Uh, yeah, so the, okay. like, um, I think it's like the third post down now, getting started with uh, SvelteKit and GraphCMS. So we're, we're putting together a lot of content like that. There's also the example, the GraphCMS examples repo over on GitHub, and that has um, 
uh, lots of examples for um, all the different frameworks, Next.js, Gatsby, Sapper, SvelteKit, um, and how to do specific things with those. So I just recorded a video for uh, using MDX with GraphCMS. Uh, I'll be doing one on the Gatsby file system root API, or dynamic routes, as, as it should be called. <laughs> and um, uh, I just done one on, on SvelteKit as well, just getting set up with SvelteKit. Right. So there, there's, there's a load of sort of uh, accompanying videos now to go with the uh, the GraphCMS examples repo over on GitHub. Well, well, that's what I'm working my way through at the moment. Yeah. Cool. Um, can we talk a minute about, and I haven't dove into it far enough yet, um, so the management SDK, is that available um, to the public right now? Yeah, it's available to, to anyone. Um, I think it was yeah. in the, the, the documentation. And it's still something I need to get stuck into myself. So uh, this is good for, uh, like I said, if, if you're building out a new feature and you, you want to have like a record of it somewhere, you can do that in source control with your with the management SDK. Um, and then you can just hit a button and it'll go and, go and create that for you. What are, what are the languages for the SDK? Is it just Next.js or is it just all uh, it's good. Uh, I think... Uh, did I just say Next.js? Oh, yes, yeah, yeah. I, I, think it's, I think TypeScript and JavaScript. Uh, Next is on the brain. I, I meant to say <laughs> Node.js, and then even that wasn't what I wanted. <laughs> yeah. Um, so where is it in resources? What else would it be in besides Node, JavaScript, like a? Oh, here's yeah, another um, backend language. I kept, I kept missing it here. Yeah. So. Um, uh, the, the 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 back end, all of the like the, the heavy lifting is done with Go um, okay. on on the back end. But uh, I think for the management SDK, uh, like you said, I think it's in in, in Node in JavaScript. Um, let me find. Okay, I, I see. I think this is probably when I was messing around with it. You need to actually um, add this piece, the management API access. Cool. We can just do a little npm install, and then you're off to the races. Yeah. Awesome. Seems like it's really easy to get up and running. Yeah, I was really curious. Like, if you didn't want to necessarily use, even though it's great, like, don't get me wrong, I, I think the back end as a service out there is fantastic. But if you wanted to write your own, you could uh, go to town with it, it looks like. Yes. Yeah. So one, one of our struggles in a lot of our projects is the users, they, they don't want the complication of getting into a separate backend as a service. So um, one of the things that we've been looking at is like Tina CMS, for instance, where you yep. can stay within your own page. And I think in order to do something like that with um, Graph CMS, you would almost need this, this management um, SDK to be able to take uh, Tina's updates essentially for those different forms or documents or whatever they call them um, and then push those up to it. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I'm not sure if you know uh, James Perkins. He's recently started with Tina CMS. Um, so he, he should be um, getting some good content out there for that. I'm going to uh, get James and, on the podcast. Yeah. Yeah, he's a nice dude. Um, there was um, – Tina's been around for, for, for a while now. Um, and I remember when um, I saw it, I was like, this is awesome. I'm going to get this into my blog and – you know, I'm just going to write my blogs in line and um, that, that'll be that. But um, it, I, I think, well, I, I hit some stumbling blocks along the way. I can't remember exactly what it was, but I, I just went back to using Markdown and like my Git workflow. <laughs> but it, yeah. it, it looks really cool. And this is like the, the, the one sort of killer question anyone asks is, do I get a WYSIWYG? And um, <laughs> do I get a WYSIWYG editor? <laughs> and um, I remember um, back when I was at uh, Zazi, the uh, uh, government digital transformation uh, place, that one of my first um, sort of duties was to uh, evaluate a load of uh, CMSs. And um, Graph CMS was one of the first. And I'm like, look, we've got a GraphQL endpoint here. We can, you know, just define what data we want where. And um, it, it got... 
um, it just got ignored uh, for, for some reason. They, they went with some uh, crazy system, which um, I, I'd rather not talk about. Uh, <laughs> but um, um, the, the, the one question was, can, can we see, you know, the changes if we're editing them? And there were some other, um, uh, I can't remember what the other one was at the time, but there, there was this one where it looked a lot like Tina CMS and they, they might have rebranded from this to Tina, um, where it's it, it basically just writes a massive JSON objects uh, after you make all your changes. And then that's what you use for your schema. Um, so it was just a way of getting that JSON object back to your CMS for it to say, okay, this is how everything looks now and do it like that. Um, but this, um, I think a lot of places are catching up with it, like um, Sanity, they have their own, uh, I, I don't know what they call it, but it's, it's used, if you use it with Next.js, you can have your real-time previews um, with Sanity. Uh, I know a couple of people who've done it, and I was quite interested in see it, see it working, but uh, not obviously not that interested to, to do it myself just yet. Um, but that that is the, the the one feature which you know WordPress has, and it's it's always been there. And everyone just just wants that now. They're like, well, you know, I I want to be able to do this on the fly and see how it looks. But the the way you know how. Uh, quickly you can do something with, with like a Jamstack framework and get stuff turned around quickly. It's it's not really much of, of an issue where you can have stuff like first sell, uh, uh, you have your a deploy on each push and you can just use that. Uh, back at my last place, we used to use that all the time and we just we just iterate through tons and tons of uh, like these URLs to, to be um, approved before uh, going into like the main branch. So on Netlify that might like cause your build minutes to run out for your free build minutes. Yes. So, so you don't necessarily yeah, want to be building your whole site every time. I feel like that's something we keep running into with the Jamstack is everything is separate, which is nice that you can bring in whichever piece you want, but it separates things almost to a point to where it's hard to keep your content together too. So yeah, everybody well, wants, like, it's fine for us techie people to just go over to GraphCMS or go over to Sanity and put our stuff in. But for someone who's not technical, they want to see their site and see what their content's going to look like on yeah. their site. So I'm really excited and interested to see where Tina CMS goes or how other services are going to start using things like Tina. Because yeah, I feel like that's yeah. where Jamstack needs to go is we need to be able to bring it back a little bit. Yeah, I think if we want to start to like compete, and we is just Jamstack, yeah, little, um, with like Squarespace or even like Medium or you know those editors that basically produce the same site that you're getting. I think that's kind of that next version. I think that's why Forestry kind of broke out Tina and said, "We see this, we need this, and that's the next yeah. evolution." I think we're going to go through. Yeah. Cool. Um, so I think, is that all the questions we have about Graph CMS? I think so. Anything we didn't cover or anything you can think of you want to add, Scott? Um, I, I, I can't think of anything. I mean, there, there is, obviously there's a big feature roadmap and there's, uh, we've, we didn't have anything big in uh, May that was released, but uh, we've got some stuff coming up in, in June um, and we do a uh, stream it uh, at the end of each month. So you can uh, jump onto one of those if you want to find out what's Twitch going on. Is it on YouTube or where's the stream at? Uh, it's on YouTube um, okay. and it's under the Graph CMS account. I've um, so many people moving to YouTube off of Twitch to stream now. Um. Yeah, uh, it's about uh, SEO. With, 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 with StreamYard, you can you can do both, um, and I, I don't know. I've I've done a bit of both, and uh, uh, YouTube it stays there. Yeah. Twitch, you got to sort of export it, and you're exporting it to YouTube anyway. So, all in one place. Yeah. So, awesome. uh, no, no new feature. I mean, I've been there. Um, I, I joined 26 of April. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm still getting familiar with the product myself. Um, and like I said, it's something I've used in the past and uh, I really enjoy using. 
Um, at the moment, I'm just putting examples together for anything to use with Graph CMS. Uh, got some some sort of cool ideas for um, what I want to do with. Do you know where you have these sites with like the crazy menu bar structure? Like, uh, do you get which magazine in the states where you've got like the the menu bar and it's just got like crazy amounts of subsections and stuff? Like nesting. Yeah, yeah. I, I was thinking uh, you could sort of do something with a um, use relations in your content model, and then use that um, content model for your navbar uh, items. And you could just you could edit all those in your content model and get them to point to wherever you want from there. Yeah. Which uh, I've always thought was a pretty because then you know you, you're leaving that part to the content editor and whoever runs the site on which points where. As long as mm-hmm. I'm guessing, as long as you've got a slug to point to the, the yeah. correct page, then that's uh, that, that you, they can group it and do whatever they want with it that way. There's also some other cool things like with uh, voice assistants, where uh, you could sort of put in uh, like, like you, you know your pre-canned responses to like uh, a voice command. So I'd like to play about with, with that a bit. And uh, th- there's also like stuff on mobile. Uh, do you know Tedas Petra? I'm hoping to do a collaboration with him where we can sort of implement uh, the use of Graph CMS with Flutter and see how that goes. Sweet. So there's there's loads of cool stuff uh, I want to be doing. Yeah, yeah, and there's, uh, there's loads of cool stuff on the uh, on the feature pipeline as well. That's awesome. There you go. Yeah, I, I put the roadmap out on our on our mm-hmm. blog, so if anyone needs links cool. to it, you should be able to find it out there. Awesome. Well, I think before I jump to our next phase of the wonderful pod, I just wanted to show off Scott's site real quick because I, I think it's cool. It almost oh, looks identical to Scott, don't you think? Uh, I thank Em Somerville. She's an Australian artist who uh, put that together for me. So thanks, Emma. Very cool. Fantastic. So uh, do you like, have you found the Easter egg at the bottom of each post uh, on uh, if you go to writing? And find a, a particularly yeah. short post. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that'll do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we found the bottom, folks. <laughs> Rock bottom. <laughs> so, Is that too uh, cheeky for you? <laughs> <laughs> Funny. That's so nice. uh, that, that's just my attempt at adding a bit of uh, whimsy to the site. So uh, shout out to Chris Biscardi for toast. This was done in toast. Oh, you did it in toast? Uh, oh, yeah, I did it in toast. But, but um, yeah, it's pretty cool. But looking at um, uh, Scott Talinsky stuff, he's just put up something the other day where he's getting markdown posts from like a local folder. And I'm like, oh, I could do that. And um, so I finished this in uh, like the start of the year. I think, you know, let's just redo it again. Let's put it, let's put it on Svelkit. Did you so, put it on Svelkit? Yeah. I've moved. No, no I'm, I'm looking to move it to that. Um, you've moved all your stuff there, haven't you, Brittany? I just moved one. I have not had time to work on my other sites and the blogs. I'm kind of waiting because Svelkit's a little finicky on Windows still. It's uh, the pathing issues. And I don't know if it's Byte's fault. I don't even know if it's Byte or V. I don't know anymore. Okay. Scott says it's Byte now. I say Byte like fight. Bite like uh, bite. <laughs> but I, I think, think it's uh, from the French for feet. feet. But the Windows pathing on it is backwards. And so Windows will try to use the backward slashes and bite uses the forward slashes and it doesn't like native. the slug. So the slug is wrong. So you use WSL, don't you? Oh, I, I don't right now. I went off oh, of it okay. because I was having issues with that too. I it's just okay. it's time for me to get a Mac and I'm <laughs> refusing. <laughs> All right, this, so this is a fantastic segue. Uh, yes. We're we jumping quickly into our perfect picks because I think someone happened to pick Spelk. Yes, indeed. So um, go Spelk ahead. Spelk. Our picks, um, and it's cool. It's 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 been uh, it's like being transported back to when you first started web development, and all you had was a HTML file which you sort of stuck your your JavaScript in and your styles in. And this is this is what Svelte is. It's, um, you know, you just get get your .svelte file, put everything you need into it, and, and go. Uh, that it's was like a, everything. It's just um, vanilla with enough sugary syntax to make it easy and fun to code. Like, 
Yeah. It's it's by far my favorite. And Svelte Kit is going to take that to another level because you're going to be able to do server side and statically generated pages and all the fun page uh, routing, uh, folder yeah. routing. Yeah. Does yeah, it? So so not not knowing much felt since like the early release um, myself, does it allow you to get into like kind of some of the crazier routing things like with Angular, you have route guards and off guards and all that fun stuff, or is it pretty like? I think basic? it uses you can have a layout and you can have a layout reset. So um, if if you go into uh, like a certain layout, you can have a route and each route can have its own layout, and then. Okay. It, so you, you can have a, a layout dot reset as well. I don't know enough about Angular to know what those mean, but I mean, no. I think in each like dynamic route you could have, or each endpoint you could have, like the auth section, and that's yeah. wrapping something. Cool. Yeah, I always worry when things are like right back to is very close to JavaScript. Like, oh, but there's all this nice stuff we've worked on for the last six years. So. The sugar syntax <laughs> that I was talking about, though, in Svelte makes that stuff easy, but it still feels close enough to vanilla that it looks familiar. Awesome. Cool. Yeah. There's a, um, you can use, um, like, before the page loads, you can you can run your JavaScript before the page loads. Uh, so it's like server-side um, where, uh, what's it called module something <laughs> and uh you can use that to uh, like in in the example i did for the the svelte kit blog with graph cms it, it will evaluate that code before the page loads and then you can have anything from the server in your static page so, are you talking about the pre-render it's not pre-render um there's another one in there. I know what you're talking about yeah. but yeah you can turn off javascript completely on each page yeah you can make it be statically generated. You can just choose like there's three or four different things that you can pull in that chooses like how you render your page. And then um, do you want to dive into, I guess I'll, I'll call this almost your first pick. I think I think I did multiple links for your picks. <laughs> okay, so uh, this is the Joyous Svelte. Uh, he's a pick for me for um, Svelte again. This is... Uh, Jesse's made this a while back now, and this is just a really nice introduction to using Svelte. He goes through all the, the main directives, and uh, you put together like a simple CRUD app, uh, like using the Nobel Prize winners API. Um, obviously, you can't write or delete anything from the API, but he, he just go into detail on how you would do that with, this is just plain Svelte rather than uh, Svelte Kit. So this is Svelte 3 then? Yes. Okay. So it goes through oh. the like the await syntax, all of the, the like the the directives, if and uh, uh, each. Which and, all this stuff uh, still exists in Spelt Kit. So this would be good yeah. for you just learning like Spelt in general. Cool. Yeah, it looks like it has a nice little layout to it. And yeah, then your good. second or third pick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, uh, yeah. Second pick, I guess, because okay. I mean, I was talking okay. about okay. spell kit. So, so I threw spell kit in there. I threw <laughs> that. All right. uh, so yeah, I got a podcast. Uh, it's called Sideways from the BBC, and this is um, uh, it, it's just one of those podcasts that makes you just think a bit. Where you're like, oh wow, that's interesting. So there was, I think, the first episode I listened to was where the term, um, God, what is the term? Where you side with where you side with your captors, and um, oh, uh, what I called it? Uh, oh, the Stockholm syndrome. Yeah, that was where that was created, and that was a really good take on on that. And uh, it, it's it's just some some great um, like content where you think, oh wow, that's really cool. Like there's one for uh, this guy called Max Martin, who has written the, the most uh, number ones in history alongside John Lennon, I think. And like it's any any sort of a uh, pop hit from the last twenty years, he's probably written it. And um, it, it goes into um, talking about how he sort of he peaked, um, and then he sort of started peter out. And then he found out just from collaborating with other studios and other people that he was able to get his, his sort of mojo back. Um, so it's just it's just really good um, 
like angles on certain subjects. And this one here, you're looking at how the West and the rest uh, that goes, um, talks about how um, we as Westerners think differently to uh, people who are not from the, the West. And yeah. uh, it, it's, you know, it, it really does make you think. And I, I thought it was just, uh, uh, I'd, I'd recommend it to anyone. Yeah. Sounds good. Awesome. Yeah. I've checked that out. Brittany, 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 you are up next. My first pick is um, going back to the Graph CMS blog. I looked through there and there were a ton of mostly Jamstack, I think, posts. Um, there's an e-commerce starter. So pretty much anything that you want to see or read to get started with Graph CMS, if you're interested to check those out. It's really good stuff in there. I might have to read through this one, this rich text. Yeah. Like yeah Joelle's just done this. It's really good. Um, it very much like uh, reminds me of uh, using MDX and de defining how you want all of your MDX components to be in, uh, you know, to be passed into the MDX renderer. That's that, that's how I would sort of um, uh, say what that reminds me of. So it's just just a cool way to define how you want to go in. You know, how you want to structure each each uh, bit of text going into your um, model. I like the Gatsby logo next to the Graph CMS logo. The two Gs there look really cool. <laughs> awesome. Brittany's second pick. Next pick is Polywork. I just joined yesterday, so I'm not sure exactly what to think about it, but the concept really appealed to me, I guess. So they said um, the only thing we don't have is likes. We have a belief that likes and reactions turn networks into popularity contests, and this can cause stress, anxiety, and mean people alter how they express themselves. So we want to keep things safe and judgment-free on Polywork. So basically, it's a social media platform that is like LinkedIn met Twitter without like all the high school popularity contest stuff. So you post and you add tags, but you can't like anything. You can follow people, but I haven't seen like a feed yet for that. I don't know how all that's going to come into play, but it's still kind of becoming a thing. Right Is now. there comments? So people can still be awful in, in comments? <laughs> you know, I don't know. I don't remember seeing comments. I feel like likes and dislikes still hurt. Have I've stopped reading comments for the most part. They just hurt. <laughs> I know that that is like where people can be mean too, and it's it's hard. But like you go, they have like an explore the multiverse, and you can find people, and by different badges, you can find things. But I don't see comments on here. You can just look at like the tags and search by tags. And then see who posted it and follow them. Oh, it's kind That's of an interesting either. concept. I'll have to join. Maybe we can be friends or, or connections or whatever yeah. they're calling it. I don't know what you would call it. Yeah, something. I'm not sure if it's this one where you have to, have, I think it's like LinkedIn, where you say, I've worked with this person and you create a connection that way, I think. I haven't seen any connections. I've just seen the ability to follow people. And I do have a few. Well, they haven't sent me my links yet. You have to request links to send out. So it's invite only right now. But I assume at some point it will be out of beta and anybody will be able to join it. So I'll, I'll like it if it's like open like Twitter. But yet, you know, somehow, I don't know. There's all these closed gardens. Amy then LinkedIn. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, cool. So my one and only pick, because I am just lazy coming out of holiday. Um, this is called Gun IO, and I keep hearing about it because um I've I've done a few interviews recently and I'm always like struggling with the fact like how do you know what level I'm at or how like all of those things and what they do is they actually assess you um, that the site does and you can kind of place like where you should be at. And that yeah. way they're hiring already know, and they don't have the seventh different iteration of how to gauge a person's like levels. And they can say, you know, this, this person does know about cloud. They can support you on AWS and um, it immediately 
finds you the correct uh, job to get into. Not um, only do they assess you on your skills, they assess you on your type of person. So yeah. then you're the people that are trying to employ, you know, like how you are. And I will say I took that yesterday and it nailed me to AT. <laughs> so mine was I, I really think it's pretty accurate. It, it, it's interesting because like every time I take a disc profile or anything, I'm like so middle on everything that it's it's tough. The questions seemed kind of weird and repetitive at first, but then by yeah. the end, it was like asking me some of the same ones to see which one I ranked higher, basically. And I, I feel like it nailed me exactly. So, yeah, it's fantastic. If you're looking to uh, place people in the jobs, or if you're looking to get a job, I would I would suggest yeah. it. You know, awesome. Yeah, that's cool. I did it last night. That after seeing your tweet, actually, I think Brittany. Yeah. <laughs> They, uh, they commented on it and they said they like to think of themselves as the Hogwarts sorting hat of the industry. <laughs> Brilliant. <That's so> great. <laughs> I don't know which one will be placed on mine. The, the sorting hat would probably yell at me. <laughs> Can't you like decide for yourself? Isn't that one of the deals? That is one of the deals. You can tell wh which one you want to be in. Uh, you could be Slytherin, but anyways. Oops. Awesome. Well, Scott, thanks so much for coming on. I'm sure we'll have you back once you are like the ninja black belt expert on graph CMS and I can <laughs> throw some more hard questions at you at that point. Um, yeah. I know you guys yeah, have a lot you. on your roadmap coming up too. So That's what um, I was going to say. We'd love to have you back after some of those roadmap things come out and see what's going on over there. Awesome. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah, thank you for having me. And uh, thank you for the for the hard questions, Alex. <laughs> oh, I will get you some answers to them as well uh, and let you know. Oh, yeah, well, because they I'm, were great yeah. questions. We appreciate having you. Thanks. Thanks, Scott. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Later. Bye-bye.